Unidentified vessel. Please submit your clearance codes. This is Justin. Force will be with you. This is Josh. Always. This is Kyle. And we are the Outer Rim Beacon. Ladies and gentlemen, you have now tuned in to the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away. My name is Justin. I'm one of the hosts of the show, and I am just living on Grogu and Beck right now. This is just amazing. Um, joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts. Well, one of my co-hosts. Just one. We are, one. We are a man down without our beloved we- Josh today. We are a clan of two. Um, yeah, just a clan of two. <laughs> Me and my foundling, Justin. This is Kyle, and I'm here <laughs> to talk about some uh, Vikings? No, we're here to talk about some <laughs> Mandalorians, I guess. Yeah, it, um, so <laughs> as you know, we've been doing double drops, uh, pretty much covering Bad Batch and uh, and Thor. Oh, I mean uh, Mando. Um, we, we've been covering Mando and Bad Batch, two episodes a week. Um, but for all the news and notes, we've left that kind of in front of our Bad Batch episodes. So if you want to check that out, go over, listen to our Bad Batch episode. This is strictly going to be all Mando, all Mando, um, for all the episode. The time. So. Oh, Mando all the time. Barry Man, Barry Manilow. What? Um, this is all Mando all the time. Um, we're covering season three, episode four right now. The Foundling. Director on this one was Carl Weathers. Uh, writers were Dave Filoni and John Favreau. Cast consisted of our normal characters, Mando, Grogu, Bo, Armor, Paz, Vizsla. But we did have a couple... Uh, special guest stars this week. Um, special guest star Numero Uno, who was on one of the earlier episodes, was Wesley Kimmel, who didn't have a name in the first episode, but we have a Thanks name late. now, and it is, I'm Ragnar. going to say this Jeez, without question, geez. probably the least likable Star Wars name ever. Um, I, I mean, I don't know why I dislike it so much, but I really do. I, I don't, I guess it maybe, me. maybe it's yeah. just such a recognizable character from another like really big show. Maybe it just doesn't sound anything like the other Vizsla names. Maybe both of those things. I don't know. I'm not into it. I wasn't feeling it. He's like, it's my son, Ragnar. I'm like, wait, you said what? Your son who? And also, how do Mandalorians have sons? Are they just procreating with their helmets on? Or is there a rule there with your You're wife? You're asking the something? same questions that I was thinking uh, at that very moment when that happened. He's like, he's my son. And I went, I was like, speaking so of, Bo, does, you're the one so, who has the questions here. You didn't know how to eat. Ask him how to, you know, make babies. Because <laughs> that's usually a helmetless activity as well. <laughs> um, I was thinking that same thing. I'm like, I don't know how the intercourse works here yeah. when you you got. So the the creed clearly is keep the helmet on. Everything else can go. Something. And you make the babies. I never, I guess. She did <laughs> so never say, know. have you ever removed your cod piece? It's always if you ever removed your helmet. <laughs> that is shunned. You are now you are now an apostate. Yeah. You removed your cod piece. No, yeah, I I had a lot of questions no at the end of this episode. Of <clears throat> 
that, that the creed was super strict, yeah. man. Um, no, I had a lot of questions at the end of this episode, probably more so. It was an enjoyable episode. Don't get me wrong. I loved the episode. It was fun to watch. Um, but I actually had like a ton more questions about Mandalorians at the end of this episode than I thought. And I, you know, watching the last couple episodes when you're getting that juicy Mandalorian lore, it was like, oh, this is so cool. These guys are awesome. And then we get this, you know, giant training montage in the beginning and you're like, uh, wait a minute. Why are we shooting at the water where this giant crocodile literally tried to eat us in the previous episode or two episodes ago? We're just trying to like poke the bear here or what? <laughs> Cause uh, they're assuming um, it's not going to swim right at the blaster fire. Stands to reason. Uh, maybe like me target th- practice justin come on you're not gonna, you can't be a crack shot mandalorian without ever doing target without practice. shooting at a broad broad target of water there's no there's no pleasing you guys there's no training or why are we watching the training give me a break <laughs> um i i love a good training montage we needed a little bit different music to go with this but um it was nice to see him Look, like working Justin, with the younger ones. Just because there wasn't an '80s rock ballad doesn't mean ah, it's not an acceptable montage. Okay, push it to the limit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kyle, you need to put that in now. Uh, it's going in. Not no, push it no, to the limit. no extras on the dual drop weeks. It's already too late. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, it was nice that we get to see, hey, here's the training of the younglings, right? We're not only mastering our skills as adult Mandalorians, but we're also training our younglings on how to use the equipment, what we're doing. Well, to me, um, one, of, jetpack. one of the main themes of this whole episode is like Mandalorians are created. They're not born. You know, that's that's sort of the speech that the armor was giving Grogu when he was having his flashbacks um to the day he was rescued at the jedi temple um Mm -hmm. and and that's part of it you know you you can't just automatically if you're if they're going to be galaxy wide renowned for being you know some of the most proficient fighters out there that's not a thing that you can just be born knowing how to do, you know? And, and we've spent Mm -hmm. enough time with Din and Bo to know that these guys have like a very broad skill set. So, you know, they've got to be honing their craft. You know what I mean? They got to be training these, these youths up. And I, I'm a little suspicious that maybe these, these new post, um, Night of a Thousand Tears, Mandos aren't a hundred percent up to snuff, uh, up to old Mando standards. They kind of seemed like they got smacked around by that sea monster, which, but which doesn't seem typical for a whole whole crew of Mandalorians. And then mm-hmm. also, Bo is like, "What do you mean you never rescued anybody from the Raptor before? I went and found its nest. We'll just climb the thing. We'll go get him. Why do? You, why not? I used to climb right. these cliffs all the time in training. It's just let's mm-hmm. just go get them. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, they did, and it worked. No, you, and you uh, you absolutely hit the nail on the head there. I what? Let me ask you this question." What was your impression? Because we clearly see Bo walking up and down the beach, surveying everything that's going on around her. What was your impression of what do you think is going through her head in that moment? Do you think she's like, oh, this is great. We're back to doing Mando things, and this is awesome. These guys are so good. Or do you think she's walking around going, okay, what is happening right now? We're shooting at water. We're doing jetpack. Like, all this chaos is just going on. Mm -hmm. This is not 
the way that I trained. This is not I think efficient Mando warrior training. I think she's probably uh feeling a lot of like conflicting emotions right now. On one hand, I think she has kind of had the equivalent of a religious experience. You know, she went to the bottom of these living waters, which used to be like, this is my interpretation of the whole thing. But to her, it used to be kind of like a silly ritual. Like we went through these motions. It's kind of an antiquated thing. Uh, maybe it's like quote religion. Like maybe she doesn't really believe in it, but it's just a thing you do, especially cause we're like kind of the Royal family. Um, and then maybe when we went through training, it was in these academies that are super refined and everybody's from these wealthy families and they kind of got trained up at home. And so everybody's already, you know, pretty good when they get there and all these kinds of things. Uh, but in the reality, at the beginning, Mandalore wasn't that way, you know? So she fell to the Mm -hmm. bottom of these waters and when she was down there, she saw an actual mythosaur which she doesn't didn't even mm. think was real but she saw one like that's the equivalent of 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 a burning bush you know like that's mm-hmm. she thought this was like an imaginary thing like like a fake story we told but th- but there it was right in front of her eyes and i think she came right. up changed and so i think she's seeing these mandalorians and they're kind of like um akin to mandalorians from a bygone era or whatever, you know, Mm. before Mm. things got a little more polished and a little more refined and kind of, maybe we kind of lost touch with what got us there. They were still really tough and they were, but you know, they, they lived in their ivory towers and they, they had like a a political hierarchy and they, they had infighting obviously because we had these different splinter cells and factions and all these things. Um, and they they had problems you know but at one point they right. they came together and they did follow all these you know traditional beliefs and obviously they had to just be training out in the field at some point right right and so i think yeah she sees both things like one i can provide these guys with some experience because she is you know what she comes from a historic family. If anybody knows about the history of of Mandalore, she's a person out there that does. And now I think she has a whole new perspective on it too, because she's kind mm-hmm. of been um I what religious people would say like awoken or something like that, because now she is seeing things in a different light. She's more I don't think she's a true believer in the way they are necessarily, but I think she um, is way closer to meeting them in the middle than she was in season one or two or whatever when we first saw right. her. You know, yeah, no, I'd agree. I think she's, I think she was kind of surveying and going as there, it's cool to see it. I, I think she had missed it a little bit because she's not seen that. In well, quite and remember, some time. these have to be pretty much all foundlings, right, and brand new yeah. Mandalorians because it it was just the armor and paths. Which mm-hmm. again, that or maybe brings even... in the question: Where was his son? Because <laughs> when Mando, I hope you watched Boba Fett, but uh, you know when Mando met 
Paz and the armorer after they had fled Navarro from their original covert when it was infiltrated. Mm. Um, and everyone was killed except that they were the only two left. Right. And now they've got all yeah. these brand new people. So I, I think we can give them a little bit of leeway um, because they're, they're still pretty fresh. And I think that also gives a little bit of uh, perspective to that timeline that John Favreau was talking about where this was maybe way longer than we, you know, I think we see these episodes come out yeah. weekly and it's like, oh, well, it's been a, a couple weeks or a couple months or whatever. And, and <laughs> what Favreau happened last said week? It's, been, oh. it's been years um, which would explain how the armor and and Paz went from you know a, a clan of two to now they've got this whole this whole crew. Do we? Do you think uh, Ragnar is Paz and the Armor's kid, oh, or do we think there's another? Whoa, do we think there's another scandalous? Uh, Miss Mando out there for Paz somewhere. I don't know. We never saw, we definitely never saw a pregnant armorer. And this, this kid is old enough to take the creed, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Questions. I don't know. This is a question we all have, but he definitely called him his son, not his foundling. So yeah, that seems, and they, definitive he's like a teenager. He's like a young teenager. I, I would have called him like 11 point. or 12, like, maybe, but yeah, you know, yeah. something like but that. Like they could have, maybe sent them off somewhere for hiding to keep them safe for a while. I don't know. There, there's a number of reasons we didn't see him, but um, yeah, I think she's, um, I think she's liking what she sees as far as the training. I think she could recognize it as, Hey, there's still more that could be done or like modern teachings that they could learn from, especially the younglings. But she did recognize the older ritual of, um, the challenge, right between the two fighters, she did recognize that and was was like, "All right, well, I, you know, he's he's a little young for this, don't you think?" And Mando's going, "No, no, he'll be fine. I've seen him in action. Like, well, he's also my kid can handle it. Uh, literally, the oldest person on the beach right now. Yeah, <laughs> very, very true. Um, he looks he's great for his age, old though. Now, good lord, <laughs> <laughs> right." Um, but she, you know, she's like, he's a little young for this. Like, should you be doing this? He's like, no, no, he's got it. I've seen him in action and puts him in this challenge. And even the, the judge is looking at him like, really, this kid's going to go against Ragnar. Like Ragnar is going to smoke him. And, um, yeah, it, it started. I loved her comment though. She's like, don't worry, kid. She's like, my dad, Mm -hmm. what did she say? Something like my dad was the same way about me. Yeah. Yeah. Just because he believes in you Um, or something like that. Yeah, which was great. And, um, you know, so he gets into this challenge. Uh, it's a dart, it's a paintball gun challenge, yeah. essentially. And he gets popped like twice. And every time he gets hit, he just kind of looks down at it like, why'd that kid shoot me? Like, Grogu. Yeah. Well, he what, didn't even like understand happening? the rules of the game. He found out what, how to play like as they were starting, you know, he, yeah. he's putting the <laughs> yeah. dart thing on his hand and Din's like, yeah, you, you squeeze your hand to shoot the dart. And but both, he doesn't even know how to shoot the darts. He's like, ah, oh, he'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he's like, Oh, he'll figure it out. It's okay. And I think he's still, um, he's still nervous to use his force powers in front of people though. You know, he when he was moving the rocks around on the beach before Din came to grab him, he was off on his own kind of away from everyone i think he's still traumatized because he definitely is because we see in the flashback when the mm-hmm. armor is teaching him you know about mandalorian armor as she would mm-hmm. uh you know he flashes back to that 
day when he went into hiding and surely got some kind of speech about you can't use the force. I would assume. Again, so bef- just assume yeah. That, so let's no. Let that's great. That's a great segue. Let's go there next because you're right. I, you know, we're on the beach. We're having a good old time training, and then all of a sudden, giant flying dragon Pokemon's come flying out of the sky and pick up little Ragnar who into the challenge story. Grogu did a big uh, well, yeah, he, front flip back flip he combo over front Ragnar's flip, back flip head combo and, and then smokes him, him with all three darts pop, pop, pop right in the middle. <laughs> Done, yeah, so. so he smokes Ragnar. Ragnar kind of walks off a little bit upset down well, the beach. Well, because he was talking smack before. He's like, well, if he's not old enough to wear a helmet, then he's too little to fight. He can't fight. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, well, maybe, then, the, maybe, uh, maybe the lesson's for you oh, or whatever didn't say. Yeah, what know? did, uh, what did the, the, if you don't know, you should not speak. Yeah. Is that what they, don't something like that? you know or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mando kind of like well, schools I do know. this little no, kid. I didn't know. He found no, out though. He didn't know because he after round. He found <laughs> that's, out. that's the epitome happened. of yes. Um, but anyway, so you know, uh, Grogu wins this challenge. Ragnar walks off, and in comes uh, giant ha- called like, a pterodactyl look. Yeah, raptor thing comes in, snatches him up, takes him off the beach, and Apparently goes flying this away. Has happened before. Because they're like, yeah, yeah if you so, shoot at it, again, it kills it. If you if you uh, take your ship up there, it hears you coming. If it, it's eating everybody in the pad, like, how many friggin' Mandalorians have we lost to the giant dinosaur bird? Right. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. Is like, why have we lost multiple children to this thing, and yet we continue well, to train on this beach? Too, or what, what Bo said, too. She's like, well, I just chased it down. But, of course, mm-hmm. they, they did try um, to jetpack follow it first, and... Paz ran out of jetpack fuel. Cool. Once I'll give it to you, but then it happened again later in this episode after they went on a specific mission to chase the bird. He wasn't like, Hey, fuel up my jetpack. Well, give me a break. <laughs> and I, I, mean, I have so many questions with Paz in this episode because none of it made sense. Well, Okay. He's climbing the wall. Why are you taking that big, heavy ass gun up the wall with you? Apparently, there's no I don't option care how to strong you are. It, that which is definitely a design flaw. <laughs> that seems like a yeah. I was gonna say that seems like a serious design flaw. Um, he's climbing up this mountain with this huge mini gun on his back like, for no reason. You didn't bring the when sidearm. Your, your intent was like to <laughs> not use the guns on this thing yeah. because it was gonna kill the we're child. Gonna sh- we're not gonna he, shoot it here, anyway. Let's bring the mini gun. <laughs> yeah, like that made zero sense. So, um, but yeah. So anyway, so Ragnar goes flying off. They can't catch him. Bo takes off in the gauntlet. Beautiful, beautiful shot though of her chasing the pterodactyl thing. It's like the J.J. Abrams solar flare uh, into the sunset. We got uh, that in Force flare, Awakens at one point. Lens flare, yes. Um, beautiful shot there of the gauntlet following it. Uh, the gauntlet um, has been looking really dope on on the Mandalorian. They've really mm-hmm. utilized it well. It looks good in yeah. the air. Um, so that kind of leads us to the segue though, because like. They go off and they basically say, all right, we got to get a scouting party to go get Ragnar back, right? They put the party together, Bo Bo flies off and and is chasing this thing. And when she comes back, she's like, oh, I tracked it. it." They all assumed it was over. They were ready to give up. And then Bo comes back and she's like, I found where it lives. They're like, yeah, yeah, you you can't get there, though. Because it hears the ship coming, it hears the jetpack, it it just flies off, it eats eats the people, it's hopeless. And she's like, what are you... 
What are you talking about? We'll just climb it. I climb. I climb it all the time. We'll just. I mean, we in training when I was a kid, we used to climb. It was part of the thing. You climb the thing, and she's like, "Oh yeah, well, okay, well, I'll give you." And then the armor, like, well, yeah, I knew that too. Obviously, well, I'll just give you the extra long, you know, grappling hooks and get right. get together a party. Yeah, we'll go get them. But Bo, Bo's probably sitting there going, "How many kids have you lost?" Well, there was Frank, and then there was two guns, and then there was Smitty, and then we lost Smitty. Tim. And like, 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 how many kids have you lost to this thing? Because you just chose not to go back and try to get them. Doesn't get um, that hungry. Right, whatever. <laughs> right. It's it's only like one kid a week, maybe two. Um, but yeah, so she's, you know, she gets appointed for this this scout party right and they go off in the gauntlet um but that leads us to this other segue where as they're departing uh grogu's feeling sad the armor to go and she's like no yeah someday you'll get to go but not yet the armor basically says oh you're too young for this mission come with me we must basically do the next piece of your armor we need to get to that but can i say tactical error his main thing is he calms down giant beasts. Right. So you take him to the giant beast fight. That's like he's he, every time that's how he saves the day. Okay. And it's Whatever. much easier to get Grogu up the side of the mountain than the minigun. Whatever. It's fine. Bo needed her moment. So everybody could believe in her. It's fine. Well, I'll allow it. It was stu- it, not Moving the on. smartest decision tactically, but okay, fine. I'll allow no. it. So, yeah, so she basically says, let's go inside. We're going to fit your next piece of armor, which is a giant Flavor Flav clock Flavor of, the, Flav. mud, of yeah. the mud horn for his chest, which and it's basically the signet. And she's like, oh, yeah, you'll grow into this. And I'm like, when he is and not going to grow into that. Yeah. What? Like, even at his well, full height, what... it's still going to be mostly his like yeah, chest i, like, I can't remember what, what she do? called it even i don't remember it wasn't the signet but yeah she, he's like it's like this massive disc i'm like he just he's already got the chainmail armor now he has this giant disc on his chest that is just huge i feel like he and, could use some some like gauntlets some some hand like co- let's cover his hand a rondel that's what she called it boots this, this rondel rondel thank you yeah um, boots, maybe shoes for the little guy. Yeah, I mean, he's um, already got this this Beskar chainmail. Why does he need a rondel the helmet in the middle of his chest? Well, he can't get a helmet because he's too young to speak the creed. Justin, oh, that's true. come on. Good point. Good point. Um, yes, forgot about that part. But yeah, so anyway, plus she, they're she not in, in any rush starts, to cover up that face. They're already covering up Pedro Pascal's face. <laughs> good, good boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can't cover up the money maker here. Um. But yeah, so she starts like, you know, recanting Mandalorian armor and kind of telling him She's the tales about, about it what it means to be a foundling, you know? We, the, we, yeah. That's where these scraps of armor or scraps of Beskar are going to be used to make your, because you're a foundling and we take care of them and that's yeah. how it goes. And, but and she's uh, giving him flashbacks. Yeah, she's like hammering away. There's flames. It's clearly triggering some memories for him. And we have this flashback, and I didn't go through this in the guest star list earlier because we do have this great flashback back to the Jedi Temple, Order 66. Um, we have some added stars that were in this flashback scene. There is a um, uh, there is a Senate guard captain played by Juan Javier Cardenas who was in Gardita Chronicles, Snowfall. Da- he was also Dante in The Walking Dead for multiple episodes. Um, but in this flashback, we also get... Uh, 
Kellerin Beck, the return of Ahmed Best as a Jedi. They gave him this a was phenomenal reveal too with effing awesome with those in elevator this. droids, uh, elevator doors opening, and he got like just his full glory with the robes and the lights. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was really good. I, I mean, the, the picture stills on the web, like with like the saber in one hand and like his hand in the other in his face, beautiful shot, like just a beautiful screen grab. I, from that. it was so. so good. I wish that it had, I, I loved that it was a surprise reveal in the moment, but I wish it could have been in the Mandalorian trailer at Celebration or something because I just know if a live crowd had seen the doors open and Ahmed Best standing there dressed as a Jedi, they would have... Oh, that place would have erupted. Yeah, just blown the roof off. It would have been awesome. Yep. Um, Let me ask you this question, though, because the four Jedi that we initially see that are trying to get him out, one of them says... One of them says, get him to Beck. At that point, like, did you, or get him to Kellerin. At that point, did you go, it said his name. It was, it was the first, it was the first of the last name. They said his name. At that point, were you like, because I, my guess was because Kellerin does sound like it could be like a planet or a system or something too. Like, mm -hmm. get him to Tatooine, get him to Kellerin, get him to whatever. But no, I knew. Yeah. When I heard that, I was like, ooh. But I didn't, yeah, I didn't know I we were going to see like, him necessarily. You know, they could have sent either. him on a ship to Kellerin or sent him on a, you know, or, but that whole, like, the like I said, the full body, full regalia. But, yeah. He had some action scenes awesome. in there. He had fight scenes yeah, in there. It was very awesome. Oh, yeah, And he, um, can I say, you might already have a theory on this. I don't know. Maybe the internet has a theory. I'm not as, like, plugged in. But uh, that was clearly... Uh, ship from Naboo, right? Uh, Senator, yeah, it was a H-type Nubian. Senator mm-hmm. Amidala is rip. She's off the table at this point. I know she's not technically dead, but I think she's probably not um, sending assistance to the Jedi Temple at this point. Probably no. Uh, yeah, I think she's. Is it? We think she's still in the apartment. Right, and she's like, still. Not I mean, really, that was the thing is she's, yeah, she's she's seeing the flames of the Jedi Temple, talking to Obi Wan. The flames of the Jedi maybe Temple, ready to go to Mustafar. She's kind of dealing with her own situation at this point. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, do we think that Gungan Prince Senator Jar Jar Binks could have sent assistance to one? Keller and Beck. I didn't think about that, but that's freaking awesome. <laughs> In a well, Ahmad Best, be the only one. Ahmad Best situation. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Uh, I, I um, mean, who else do we know from Naboo that's that's around right now and could do right. could make that order? Well, because that's essentially, I mean, the H type Nubian is the longer, sleeker yeah. one that uh, Padme, Anakin, three PO, and R two take to Genosha, uh, Genosha to. Um, to check out the droid foundries to save Obi-Wan. That's the same ship. So we've seen it before. And, and I don't know how many other Nabooans, Nabooians, Naboo. You, you wouldn't know. think that your average Nubian, <laughs> Nubian? I think is what they call them. Nubian. Okay. Would be is rolling around, have the same like, 
platinum coated uh, starship. The Chromon Crow. I don't think that's just planet wide. I I assumed that was like a, a royalty thing, you know, or right, or at least right. like um, um, reserved ad- for senators, yeah. royalty. Yes, yeah. um, dude, I like that though. That's a I like that theory. So, that until proven Jar maybe wrong, over. that's my head cannon. Is that Keller and Beck? I like it. Slash Grogu were saved by uh, Jar Jar Binks. So later on, people, when you hear that floating around out in the, the interwebs, you heard it here first. Kyle dropped it first. Unless people. you already heard it somewhere else, then you heard it there. But I, <laughs> I that's what I think. I, don't, I didn't see it I, That's else. a cool idea. I like that. Um, yeah, I. they were clearly wearing like the Naboo red, like the maroonish red with the leather and the same kind of style helmets. Um, the ship was the same. Uh, that was but, yeah, very, that, very sad too. It was about eight seconds long and it was heartbreaking because they said, where's mm-hmm. the rest? And he said, there are no others. Like this is it. Everyone's gone. Get out. And then immediately they were overcome by mm-hmm. uh, clone troopers and, Without hesitation, all the Naboo guards said, take the ship. And they were like willingly and without hesitation sacrificed themselves for this one Jedi and the one, um, well, Grogu, the one little baby youngling. Was able to say the it. one youngling, yeah. One youngling. Uh, I love the, the continuity of the V Wing starfighters being essentially used heavily as like tie fighters in this and in bad batch i think that's a great continuity piece that hey we've decided the v-wing is essentially going to be the tie fighter or it's what it turns into um i think that's a great continuity thing i think the that whole scene was amazing and then when we cut back to grogu yeah, he did a really with nice the armor move where he cut through the subway and then came up through the steps to pop out yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he did i'm on the little um the bike the barca yeah, like speeder. speeder yeah bike that was thing. pretty sweet yeah it was it was just a good scene it was well shot uh, it was fun to watch um you know brings back all the order 66 feels um and if it, it answers the question that we've been, been asking game for a long time i think you just love to see i'm at best have this like super just legitimately mm-hmm. awesome moment it would have been awesome no matter who it was but the fact that he got to do it i think um yep. is really great i like that i mean that was let's be real that was one of the biggest questions that we had was it um season two when we kind of first got that flashback of Grogu in the temple and Ooh, we're like, and how did he Oh, is he out? hidden in a droid? Is he in a pram? How did he get out? That was one of the biggest questions from season two. And they answered it. And it was not, I think, the answer that any of us expected. And, well, I mean, it looks like when the temple was once the Jedi knew what was happening, someone said, We gotta get the younglings out. And mm-hmm. they made an attempt. And heartbreakingly enough, they got one single youngling out of the entire Jedi Temple. Unless there's another one we don't know about that well, got out somewhere, but... Yeah. Out of the Temple, I don't know. I mean, we know Caleb Doom was out there running around, but he wasn't at the he Temple. He wasn't at the Temple. So, when the, when yeah, I, yeah. I'm talking about that we're actually there. Just there. When, yeah, just there. when Vader was uh, using the 
Youngling Slayer 3000 and the 501st <laughs> were storming the front gates. Presumably, mm. Grogu's the only one that got out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's on crazy, a bright man, side, that was... Keller and Best also, or yeah, Keller oh, and Beck also got Beck. out. And uh, yeah, what happens to him after this? Yeah, um, and and for the and it's it's crazy too because most also, people that are watching just Mando take Grogu. That see, that's the next question now. Because <laughs> when we find him, he was being held captive by a bunch of raiders. Yep. So what happened to Kelleran somewhere along the line there too? Um, you know, I've I've seen maybe he's on that like underground Jedi network, the same as um the thing Obi Wan uh, saw that uh yeah, was in, assisting with. Yeah. Yeah. Like is he in part of that somewhere? Maybe that's where he took Grogu, but it, it seems like I don't think that would have been established yet at that point. So I don't know. Um but no, it's it's interesting because a lot of people that are, you know, watching Mando that don't watch the same amount of Star Wars content that maybe you and I and, and Josh and everybody else do that Probably are like diehards. To this. Yeah. They were like, yeah, they were like, who's Keller and Beck? Who's this guy? And you most of us son like, of a <laughs> Most of us are like, we already saw him on Jedi Temple Challenge. Which was if like you watched it. Sure, that was you got to be a Jedi, but like now he really mm, it wasn't to be a Jedi. Yeah. 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 But like it, you know, it begs the question. So are we going to see, what was his droid in that? 83. Was that his droid? I think in the show, like maybe we like could get episodes or something. Maybe we could get another flashback with, with 83 and like a live cool. action 83. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, so you saw him on Jedi temple archive. Um, and that was, we assume that was like at the peak of the Jedi Order and he's like training younglings while everything is all well and good. I will say so, once they've started pulling this thread, now they got to keep pulling it. You know, we got to know what happens to both of them. Like how mm-hmm. does Grogu get from this ship, this Naboo ship with no one from Naboo on it uh, to being rescued by Din Djarin, or I guess actually taking capture by Din Djarin and then later rescued from the right. person he gave him to. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so great scene, great flashback scene. Loved it. Cut back to the armor, delivering the flavor flave clock. Yeah, boy. Um, Grogu is hooked up now. And now we go back to our chase. He's scene. not even going to be able to walk with that thing. He just like barely learned how to walk this season. And now he's got such a giant piece of armor on him that he can't even move. It's probably I love hitting watching his, his little caps. legs like shuffle though, like yeah. his little body shuffle walk thing. It's cute, um, but yeah, we go back to Here's our chase scene. In you know, our two thirds the size of your body, our party, um, <laughs> our party parks. I don't know how far away from the thing any closer, and it would have drawn attention. They start out, and <laughs> they're clearly not super concerned that this thing is going to eat him right away because they decide to camp for the night. Which was odd to me. I'm like, well, how do you, if you've never followed this thing to its nest, how do you know that it doesn't eat them right away? Realistically, the point of this episode was for Bo to like lead these people and for them all to kind of come to terms with each other and for us to learn that Mandalorians just wander away from each other to go eat alone. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, like, can I say, yeah, I, if your whole thing is we keep the armor on all the time for protection, uh, isn't, like, the only time we take it off is when we run off to go be alone just making you more vulnerable? Like, <laughs> wouldn't it be smarter? Yeah. Like, hey, if we're going to take our helmets off, let's make sure there's a group of us together so at least we can keep our heads on a swivel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. uh, maybe I don't understand the point of it, but I think, I guess, no, I I guess clearly I don't understand the point of it. But yeah, so, the, but she got the honor of eating by the fire because she yes. was the leader of the raiding party or whatever they called it. Yep. Which was which was pretty cool, and I think she, that threw her off guard. She was like, yeah. "Oh, okay, um, cool, like, all right." And she she was reluctant at first to take the helmet off because she's like, "Wait, am I being set up? Yeah. Is this like a pump?" Ah, thing? I got you. You're yeah. out. Uh, right, apostate. Right. <laughs> uh, tricked you. <laughs> Fooled you. I don't think it works yeah, that no. Way. So she was <laughs> no, she was very apprehensive to take yeah. it off and set it down to start eating. But she's but, like, how do you know when to come back? She asked because she asked Din. Uh, uh, you know, what do, what do I do? How do I eat with my helmet on? Mm-hmm. You know, she's she didn't just whip it off or anything like that. Um, yeah, and he said you yeah. got to find your own. I don't spot, know. How man. do they come back? She, so it's like uh, <laughs> when you go into a public bathroom, there's like <clears throat> people just start like shuffling their right. feet real loud or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was like, how do they know when to come back to the fire? And she's got her helmet on her. Just she's like, I'm not done eating yet. Leave me alone. And she's really like just laying down by the fire. Um, but no, so they they camp. Clearly not urgent. And then again, we make it to the base of this cliff. We start. Well, and it wasn't at sunrise. Hooks. Let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> no, that was I like mean, a midday they thing. Had like, breakfast we, and sat around, did a, did some calisthenics <laughs> and stretched out. They were getting up there at midday. <laughs> <laughs> so they like they get to the base of this thing they're using the grappling hooks to climb up again i don't understand why the giant minigun had to go up on his back when the dude's already big to begin with so let's carry more weight um you know we get all the way up to the top and um you know they kind of look around a little bit uh and nest is empty Paz immediately there. loses his cool he's like oh my son i gotta go get him and he just dives right in there and all <laughs> hell breaks loose well, uh was it Bo or, or Din saw the heat signature? They were Din. like, oh, I got a heat yeah, signature like, over oh, there. And then Paz there. like freaked out and just goes running in there. Yeah. And it's apparently three baby dragons. I don't even know. Raptors or whatever these things are. Um, three of these things like pop out, try to eat him. Just we babies. And now it's a full on. Yeah. Now it's like a full on. Oh, crap. Now we got to save Paz too. Yeah. And here an comes idiot. Mama Bird. Um, and they like. They kind of hide again, right? Like, is that what I, I missed? Well, this I mean, I the bird, like, the bird just kind of snatched the first two it could grab she, and started flying off. So everybody's chasing him on their jetpacks, and well, she comes, she comes in, and she regurgitates. Yeah, she throws Ragnar. up Ragnar, and she throws up. So he's like alive in her belly for maybe twenty four hours, or maybe she just swallowed him up just then <laughs> to throw him up into their. Uh, that's the impression I got. Uh, was that she just kind of like grabbed him and puked him up like recently, but I don't know. Well, she like lands in the nest, throws him up and he like starts screaming, help out me. And like, that's when they all like bum rush to get. And then she grabs him with the claw yeah, and flies off and then grabs another and like tries to fly off. Well, and then they go and does fly off because the... there's a big 
air air battle jetpacks and yeah. has ends up in its mouth and Bo is stabbing it in the eye with a blade and gets one of her pauldrons knocked off. Pauldron, and, yep. Uh, you know, she she's stabbing it and it does uh release everyone and they're firing nets at it and it ultimately falls down in the water and gets eaten by mm-hmm. the big crocodile sea monster thing. It was a great little diving jetpack catch by Din Jurassic Park to shot. catch Ragnar. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, they end up on the Paz's thing, jetpack runs out of gas out. again. Yeah. <laughs> but that's when we when he gets when he recovers Ragnar and they they he basically tosses him against the the cliff, right? And he's like, "Oh, that's my son." And he's like, "Are you okay, Ragnar?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm okay, dad." Like, "It's okay." It's like well, he said he said okay, it was right. he said it was his son earlier. That's why he went earlier, when he went yes. diving into the nest like a moron. Who says yeah. my son? I gotta get him right now. I can't follow the plan. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we get back to yeah. Hunting party makes it back. Make it back. We right? got Ragnar and, and uh, Bo's got to get re-kitted up with a new a new pauldron. And she and we're heavy three dragon like yeah. three three pterodactyl babies three foundling babies we got three new foundling babies that I don't even know how you're going to take care of those and feed uh, them or teach them how to fly now uh, those are the easy things learning how to fly yeah. them is going to be the problem because they're yeah, definitely going to fly those things it's just going to be super that's cool. kind of what I thought which is going to be cool but um but well, yeah their ancestors so, rode the great mythosaur I'm sure they can tame those young foals mm-hmm. um. Or young, what are so what Bo, are young birds called? Bo goes Those young to, chicks. Uh, Bo goes to visit the armor. Yeah, and she confesses and to her that she saw a mythosaur, and even mm-hmm. the armorer is like, "Oh, a vision of a mythosaur is a great sign." And she's like, "No, my dude, <laughs> no, that I was real, saw <laughs> a mythosaur. Not I saw a like I saw." A real one. <laughs> she's like, well, yeah, when you walk the way, you'll see many things. Uh, the armor's pretty much always unflappable. She always seems unfaced. But I think that probably even surprised her a little bit. But then um, mm-hmm. Bo is like, well, the armor says, hey, on this new pauldron, you want me to put that the night owls? Which, cool, because I don't think they've really said night owls like, in words yet in the Correct. Mandalorian. So I like to hear that. And she said, well, can I actually get the mythosaur on that one? Is it acceptable? Was her, is it acceptable She's to like, put, well, the mythosaur belongs to all Mandalorians. So now, mm-hmm. which is like a visual representation of where I think her heart is right now. is she's kind of in the middle. She's seeing the value and the truth of these kind of traditional Mandalorian ways with, I think, some kind of like modern perspective and knowledge that is going to be of value to this covert, you know? Because I, mm-hmm. I, I think there there is value to their tradition and their belief as well. Uh, but I think them all coming to terms and meeting in the middle is going to be the the best version of of the Mandalorians. There, agreed. And I think um, I think the armor is seeing what 
Bo can provide to the group as far as leadership and training and all these other things. I think she likes Din and she likes Paz well enough, but she goes, neither of them are true leaders. They're not like I can lead, Din but clearly want to be, I think Paz no. Paz wants to be, he wanted to take the dark saber. He wanted mm-hmm. to fight for it, uh, but he's ill-equipped. Din doesn't even want it. Even if maybe he could, um, and it seems like the armor is kind of like a begrudging leader. Like she, she's leading by default because she's the keeper of the knowledge and she's training them, but she doesn't necessarily have a desire to be a leader of people. It doesn't seem. Correct. She, I think she was trying to basically just keep them alive. Yeah. At that point, what was left, she, she was, was trying to keep alive ability. and that's it. Yeah. Yes. And I, I think it's very interesting because what she recants in the way that she tells tales of Mandalore and how she of was Eon's talking past. to Grogu of Eon's past and, and, and she's trying to educate them and teach them. She is a, a, a person of knowledge within Mandalorian culture, right? Yeah. She's to more like point, a I don't think she's trying to be the leader or something like that, but know? I think she's kind of trying, like you can look at this one of two ways. You can look at it. I think there's a lot of people out there that go, Oh, well wait, is Bo Katan like really just kind of trying to play her to like get so. in and then seize ownership. I don't think so. I think the Mandalorian, if you look at it is using her words and her knowledge and her history and, and what she can share with Bo to say, this is how our people were. And this is what we need to get back to. If we are going to grow and be successful, I am not the leader to do this, but you could be, she was reluctant because of, I think she knows Bo from the past and the way that she was. But now that I think she realizes Bo is kind of accepting to it, she goes, let's see if I can kind of push her to do this and get her to be well, cause the leader of our people. The reality of it is none of it has ever worked. The, the, whatever yeah. the Mandalorians have tried has always failed, you know, cause the mm-hmm. traditional tradition, you know, what, what these children of the watch are trying to do, what they really want. That was the culture that was constantly at war and destroyed their own entire planet to the point where they had to create these domes just to live in, uh, that's not going to cut it, you know? And then we right. swing all the way to the other side of the pendulum to where um, Bo's sister Satine wants to be full on pacifist. Um, and then they were, you know, they it. were infiltrated mm-hmm. by bad actors from outside, i.e., Darth Maul, and, you know, manipulated be- before too yeah. long the whole planet has been destroyed by, you know, so it's been failure after failure after failure. And I would like to think this is their opportunity to kind of learn from all their failures and take the best of each attempt and and put together something that really works, you know, Mm because when they're too far to one side, when they're too far to either side, it leads to division, and the Mandalorians warring against each other has never, you know, really worked out for them. So we've got to find something that everybody can kind of believe in, and I, I hopefully this is yep. leading to that. Let me ask you this question because that was relatively because well, the there's end of the not episode, enough of them right? in existence anymore for infighting. You know what I mean? Like no, they've, yeah. they've got it's it's like 
do or die. Ain't nobody got time this for that the anymore. Last yeah, like, yeah. like we we can't do this again. We can only make yeah. so many babies with our helmets. Well, if we on. have a civil war with the thirty of us, <laughs> then that's just the end. We're, we're just dead, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, I don't think anybody's really yeah. coming out on top there either. Um, we all lose in that situation. Um, yeah, so I, that was pretty much the end of the episode. Yeah. She gets her new pauldron or her new like shoulder pauldron with the with the mythosaur it's signet even, on it. Uh, it's even visually different too, which is cool. Like you know, not yeah. o- not only is the signet different on it, but it is the pure, clean, shiny pure silver beskar as yep. opposed to like the the war ridden, weathered, painted, modern one she has on the other shoulder. It's a really cool. Um, juxtaposition let me ask a couple questions here because you know these are this is a heavy mando history here do we think that um at some point this co- this covert ends up back on mandalore do you think they now that they know they can breathe yes. the air they move back in under the guise of nobody else thinks they can live here very or very few people think it's inhabitable. We know it's inhabitable. Let's go back, or we know it's habitable. I don't. Let's I go mean, back. I don't know if they're gonna go like, "Hey, let's live here, set up shop. This is our place now." Uh, I. They're definitely gonna go there. I 100 percent believe they're gonna go there. Whether it's like, I would agree to see this mythosaur to go complete some ritual in those waters or some other Mandalorian ritual or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think they're definitely gonna go. Because then they can take their helmets off and then just go back down in yes. the mine and get redeemed That's right away. That's how you do it. That's how you make Mandalorian babies. You do it right Time next to, make to the, the living water. Helmets and then off. You jump in. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, we're apostates now. After. We got to go down to the waters. Yeah. Okay. Um, second question. Second question. So we've seen, to your point, uh, we've seen Mando. We've seen Din in his brown armor. Right. The brown and the light blue and tan or whatever basically got that upgraded to full Beskar armor, pure Beskar, chromed out, whatever you want to call it. We've seen Bo now lose a pauldron, had to get replaced with a new one, chromed out, mm-hmm. no color. Everybody else's paint is like chipped away, falling off. Do we think at some point we go, right, we're going to unite under this new banner, strip the paint. All the paint's got to go off your your Beskar. And we're down to the pure chrome beskar no paint no factions no house crees house wren house vizsla none of them um we're just together we're we're together this is mandalorians and chrome i like that it's possible but the whole thing is like really questionable it, it there's like a lot to it because um Bo is clearly wearing full beskar armor that she painted to her liking. Okay. So it has like a modern Mm -hmm. touch in that way, whatever. Din's painted armor was not Beskar. It was some other, like more readily available, cheaper downgraded version. So when Mm -hmm. he upgraded, because all the armor is able to make with her current tools, which is what she was selling to Bo is like, this is all I can make. This is what I can do. I can't mm. do those modern refinements, which is the paint and the whatever else to it. Uh, so this is what I make. Um, Din had some other thing, and then when he got the Beskar to make his armor, she made him pure, plain, rock-solid 
Beskar armor. All these mm. other men, we're assuming Paz has ancestral family Vizsla armor. That's colors why it looks like colors, Death Watch. Yeah. That's why it's painted that whatever. Mm. All these other Mandalorians that we don't know, I was assuming these are new Mandalorians. These are new foundlings that we've added because everyone else got killed. Um, they all have painted armor, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Is that because it's not Beskar? Because it's this primitive whatever stuff that Din was wearing? Or am I wrong? These are old Mandalorians who already had armor uh, and it was painted for their, they were scattered to the wind. Is it some third option where the Mandal, where the armor made this armor for them, but then they painted it? That doesn't really make a lot of sense because we haven't seen anybody else do that. True. I will say in the previous episode, when we see Ragnar in the water, reciting the creed we see the armor forging the helmet and at that point it's not painted right and i'm assuming that's a beskar helmet but when she walks out to go put it on him it's painted blue which is the same as it now it makes sense that his father his father had that same tone was of blue. it definitely beskar i would i don't know i would assume didn't what didn't she pour in the living water stuff at the start so I would assume it is, but we, either we way, don't I don't know. know if Din had armor it's hard that was because, not Beskar that had to be forged somehow. Is it forged yeah, the same and, way? Is it? I I don't know. I don't know, and that that's do why they I like make helmets I, if I look out of not Beskar. Schemes, or do they just make the rest out of not? I also don't know that <laughs> the watered down version. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's hard because like the paint schemes. Like when we saw um, Sabine's mother, it was a family thing or a clan thing. The colors represented your family or your clan. clan. So when I see all these gray and yellow and clan Vizsla all wore the the shades of blue and and things like that. Yeah. So when I see all these Mandalorians with these different colors on, I go, okay, well, they're just like remnants of their old houses. But again, if we're, if in their armor is handed down and they've had it for generations or, um, they've grown up with it and it's, it's fitted as they grow and get older and it's all that kind of stuff. If they go, okay, well, let's, let's get back to what we were, where we're one Mandalore, strip the paint off, regardless of your house, your family, your clan. Let's get back to just Mandalorians. And, you know, it may not be the brightest and it may not be like freshly minted, Beskar armor that Din has, but you strip the paint off and it's going to be metallic underneath there. And I could see that like they're all, I wonder if it's possible that they did find some Mandalorian scattered to the wind that, um, ingots of Beskar somewhere, you know, were just out there on their own and brought them together. And then maybe they took a bunch of foundlings and like you were saying, the, the foundlings painted their, Helmets mm-hmm. to match their, you know, whoever foundlinged them or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I think they're, because she made a point of it being different and we can see Din has never painted his. So, but her, her helmet's yeah. gold and her, her chest armor is True. like bronze looking. So who even knows? They need to do, they, they like to, <laughs> the metallic colors are like okay, to keep but it the... ambiguous. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. 
Um, yeah, but again, so great episode yeah, of fun. Mando. But I actually came out of this with way more questions than I think I, I had going into it. But um, anything else you want to point out in this before uh, we wrap it up and get out of here? No, that just about covers so, it. So I just want to see Bo Katan ride a mythosaur. That's it. Yeah, I'm down. Uh, I'm okay with a little uh, a little love love relationship with their Bo and Din. I'm okay with that too. I could, I could get That's behind cheap. that. Josh, no, he would no, he's not behind that because Bo is all his. So anyway, let's wrap it up and uh get on out of here, folks. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go All right, people, that was our Mando Season 3, Episode 4 recap of The Foundling. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, go out anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can follow us. Make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, leave a review. We love reviews, honest reviews. Give it to us straight, people. We'd love to hear it. You can find us anywhere on social media, Outer and Beacon. You can find, uh, you can email us, outerandbeacon at gmail.com. My name's Justin. You can find me on Twitter at IamTheBendu. Kyle, where are they going to find you? I am KB underscore legend on social media. And all the other things. And everywhere else. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, new Mando, new Bad Batch dropping this week. We're going to hit you with a double episode drop. Bad Batch Like a triple finale. episode drop. Yep. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's craziness. We're going to have a lot to talk about. But yeah, tune in for that. Should be coming up uh, early next week. Get out and do something Star Wars-y and may the Force be with you. Always. This is the way.